Welcome to Love at First Laugh, the green room edition. Today, I am so excited because I have a good friend of mine who is, oh my gosh, brilliant, amazing. I can't say enough. There's not enough adjectives in my vocabulary, like so awesome. Uh, he's worked on Everybody Loves Raymond, Seinfeld, Till Death, Hot in Cleveland, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's like ridiculous. So many credits. I don't have time for that. So... Without further ado, please welcome Steve Scroben. Hi, Steve. Hi, Grace. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I love that you're not uh, having the COVID beard anymore. You're looking so like hip. Yeah, I'm, I've got the COVID rocker hair. Yeah, totally. I love that. How yeah, does it feel to have that kind of hair? Uh, it feels like 1975. <laughs> All over again. <laughs> yeah, it feels like I, I'm about to go to my high school prom. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had it this long since the mid seventies. I love it. I'm telling you, you're rocking it. I like it much better than the beard. I don't know why you just like super rocking this. Well, you, you're different. My wife uh, hates my uh, face. She would like me to have a beard. Oh no. You have a lot of experience with marriage. So that's one of the topics that yeah. we're going to talk about. And you have this I call it like a series because it's really like a series sheltered in place that you started with COVID, with the lockdown. How did you yeah, it's, it's, a it's a diary and it, it kind of started by uh, just on a whim, uh, you know, first week of the lockdown, I, you know, I, I thought of a joke and so I posted it on Facebook uh, and it was just a simple one liner after you know, we're all everybody's talking about what to do and washing your hands and touching your face and stuff. And so the the line was just simply uh, it was it was a dick joke. It was it was uh, I understand we can't touch your face, but where are we on the penis? And it kind of a lot of people, you know, engaged with, you know, and I and, I, and so I did another one of, you know, a different one. And then I made the mistake of numbering them. Oh, and then, and then enough people say, Oh, I please, I really like these, keep doing them. And I was like, Oh, oh, shit. now I can't stop. Yeah, and now I'm on day 317, I think was today. Crazy, and I've written something, it's either a joke or I'm telling a story, it's some sort of diary entry that's on you know a lot of different uh topics now. It's about life. Uh, in lockdown, it's about relationship, my relationship with my wife mainly, mm -hmm. or with my kids, or with, um, there's a lot of political stuff, a lot of social commentary. So it's it's any thought that's mm -hmm. in my head, I've had to put down because I'm, I have to do something every day now. But it's totally. been disciplined I've ever been as a writer, mm -hmm. as it's, I have to do something every day. And, and the person that people are expecting that I'm expecting them. Like I, I love seeing yeah. them on the feed. They're great. And it's your fault that people are hooked. You started with a dig joke, nothing more popular than that. Nothing. It, it, uh, they always work. They always, they're, oh my gosh. They're the best. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, that's how it kind of started. And, um, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning, I don't know what I'm going to do and I kind of come up with something. And then sometimes I've got a couple loaded in the chamber because I, you know, I sort of, you know, brainstorm a bunch of ideas in a row. And 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 then sometimes something happens in the news that okay, I got to put that. I'll wait for that, and because I got this idea that's more topical right there. And uh, 
So, you know, maybe at the end of all this, uh, I think I'm going to go to 365, go like a full year. Well, the way it's looking, it's going to be 650. I can't do that. But, um, and, you know, maybe I'll try to uh, put, you know, make it a book at the end. And That's what I was thinking. You should definitely put all these in a book. Yeah. And, and if I did a book, I would kind of annotate it and footnote it with, you know, the stories behind the jokes and maybe contextualize some of the more topical things and, uh, you know, all, all trying to be funny and satirical, but uh, just kind of filling it out that way. Yeah, the style is totally consistent. I mean, it's great. There, it, I enjoy them tremendously. I, I actually had, I just got off a of Zoom with a friend of mine who's had some medical problems and, uh, uh, you know, certain, certain people and number of people engage with it, but I'm finding that there are people who don't, you know, click anything who also are reading it. So, um, and this is one of those people and he's been uh, 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 sick and he said, oh, I'm enjoying your thing. And, oh, I'm glad you're reading it. And he said, yeah, the one from a few days ago is I was trying to read it to my son and it was laughing so hard that I couldn't get through it. And it brought tears to my eyes that oh. this was bringing him laughter in this time with its bad, tough enough for everybody, but because yeah. he's had medical issues and he enjoyed it so much that he couldn't, you know, you as a comedian, you know, when people, you know, say I spit up or I peed my pants, <laughs> that's what we're going for. You know, I threw up, I, I peed, yeah. I, I couldn't get through it. It, I made, fell off it, my made, chair. it fell off my chair. That's what we're looking for. And, and definitely, we're looking for accidents, basically. Yes, yes. We're, that's why, you know, uh, when you do well, you say you killed. You know? <laughs> Literally, sometimes. No, yeah, it gave me a heart attack and I died. That's the highest compliment you could pay. I love it. Yes. Well, they don't tell you. Their family probably because <laughs> they're they're gone. Uh, yeah, no, that's what we're looking for. They're definitely. Um, and you're achieving it. That's good. You know, and it's good that you're doing something during the lockdown because a lot of people are, you know, depressed and then they're not they feel like they can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, people like you and myself, we're like, we just do something. And, and that inspires other people, I think. Well, you know, Grace, you and I are what uh, we're called non-essentials. <laughs> and so yes there's a thing I, about that we need to talk about that yes yeah. okay. How there's gotta be yeah there's gotta be a way that we can contribute to the war effort here yeah to, <laughs> right literally yeah and it may be you know either distracting people or or you know uh disarming you know the the scary part of all of this that's 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 all we can offer and so that gives us purpose Absolutely. Um, and I, when you talk about the lockdown, I, I actually read all your stuff and I put it in categories. Oh, wow. You're a big fan. <laughs> yes, I am. You, you may be my biggest fan. I think I am. <laughs> Can you send that to me? Because I uh, maybe <laughs> get it published if there's categories. Definitely, yes. No, there, there's definitely. What, what, yeah, what categories did you come up with? Well, first of all, lockdown. That's yeah. the most, you know, so you said that over 10 years ago, you directed a film called Fred and Vinny, which I watched and it was brilliant. I loved it. It yeah. was written and star, starring your good friend, Fred Stoller. Stoller, yeah. how do you pronounce his name? Because I'm Latina. I don't know how to pronounce names. Stoller. Stoller. Okay. I, I did it good. Okay. Well, well, not good. Okay. So Unsheltered uh, in place day number 305, you say that we're all Vinny. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, well, Fred, uh, 
the movie is small independent film that I, uh, Fred wrote and starred in and I produced and directed. And it was just kind of a pet project of ours. Mm-hmm. And starred Fred and, and the, uh, do you know Angelo Sarukas, uh, the comedian? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he, he played Vinny. And mm-hmm. it's based on a, a real relationship between Fred, the real Fred and his uh, old friend, a guy I actually knew too, named Vinny D'Angelo from Philadelphia, who was agoraphobic. Oh. And despite he was a comedian who mm-hmm. would come out sometimes, but basically he kind of hung out in this in this oh. apartment in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and uh, rent free and very rarely went out. But he would call Fred on the phone or Fred would call him and Fred would relate some mundane errand like going to the post office or going to the grocery store. And to Vinny, these were great adventures wow. and because he never went out. And so Fred would have some, you know, mundane anecdote about, you know, how the woman at the post office in line complained about the stamps and Vinny would crack up. So they had this symbiotic relationship where Fred was Vinny's window to the outside world. And Vinny was the adoring parent that Fred never had because everything that Fred said cracked Vinny up and made him feel worthwhile. So we made a movie about that relationship, which was kind of, if Vinny had been a woman, it, it would be a romantic comedy. <laughs> yes, or but, if they were gay. But it's not, yeah, right. Yeah. But no, these are two straight guys. The, and the story is about Vinny actually leaving his apartment in Philadelphia and coming to visit Fred and staying Ooh, with him yeah. and then slowly driving Fred crazy because he doesn't go out and he doesn't do anything to advance his career or anything like that. And then it becomes about Fred having to get this guy out of my house, out of my apartment. So uh, it's funny, it's poignant and it's uh, autobiographical and Fred does, Fred and Angelo are great in it. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love that movie. So we're all winning now. So basically that was almost like a prophecy. <laughs> that was, that was the punchline is yeah. I described what I just described to you and the punchline basically is, you know, hashtag we we are Vinny. We are all Vinny. I'm going to steal your punchlines at times during the interview. <laughs> Not steal well, them. But I'm going to say them before you. <laughs> say before before yeah, me. Yeah. I won't take credit for them. They're all everything I'm saying. It's it's yours. All right. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's I, yeah. I'm just going to do that. I don't know. It's, right. it's just uh, bad habits. Die hard. So you say that, and this caught my eye, uh, that sheltered in place, and I'm going to say the numbers, day 302. Why after one week of the new year am I already getting the feeling we're going to look back on 2020 as a simpler time? So my questions to you are, how is 2021 looking more complicated to you so far? No laugh. And how do you envision it unfolding in the next few months? Well, that was in the wake of uh, the president of the United States trying to bring down his own government. And the, and, the, and the fall of democracy in the United States. We yeah. had a good run, 250 years, something like that, close. Maybe we made oh 250, I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, that seemed to be just when you thought 2020 <laughs> couldn't get worse, 2021 yeah. tops it. And one of the one of the early uh, po- or posts I did was sometime in the summer, which was a post apologizing to the year 2019. Because <laughs> I don't 
you know, people forget how much we we shit on 2019, how terrible a year that was. And so I wrote a post in probably July or August of you know 2020, which was a formal apology to 2019. I'm sorry. It was New Year's Eve. We had a lot to drink. We said some nasty things about you. 2020 is so much worse. And now we get into 2021 and it, it, it starts out with, you know, uh, people storming uh, the citadel of democracy. And that's what inspired that. It's an echo. You hear it? Or is it just me? I'm hearing voice. Okay. It's gone. Sometimes there's a little echo and I hear it and it just, okay. No more echo. It's maybe. (laughs) No, no, no. I then replay the videos and it's there. It's there. It's not a different voice. Just talking to you. I have to double check on this one. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Make sure. Definitely. Uh, look, I come from a military dictatorship from Argentina. I grew up in a military dictatorship. So yeah. for me, it felt like that. I'm not saying anything bad or good about because I don't like politics at all. I loathe politics. But it felt like a military dictatorship to me. It felt like, Palmer, yeah. yeah. And, and then the events this year kind of proved my thesis, you know, my feeling. It wasn't even a thinking thing. It was like, oh, my God, this yeah. just feels like I'm back. Well, fortunately, uh, uh, Trump himself, uh, his relationship to the military is terrible. At least the the oh. upper echelon, they hated him. Okay. So, you know, places like Argentina, Chile, the, the what made those fascist uh, mm-hmm. authoritarian figures work mm-hmm. and prevail is because they were either in the military themselves, they were generals, yeah. or they had a relationship where they had the military on their side. Yeah. The, our, the saving grace for this is that, you know, Captain Bonespurs uh, didn't didn't have the military on his side, and and our military does have this tradition. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be corrupted, but does have this this long tradition of kind of separating themselves and answering to civilian powers. So right. I think that that held you know that institution held for us, and. Uh, distinguish us from, you know, what happened in Latin America yeah. and other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It happened all over. I mean, it, it was, that's yeah. where and what happened in Europe in the thirties and, you know, 20s yeah. and, 30s. and it's like, I came from the military dictate. Well, it, there was democracy when I was older, but yeah. I moved here to get away from that. And then now back, I was like, no, yeah. maybe, maybe you're the virus. I think I am. Maybe you're the one who brought it. I think I did. I'm so sorry. It took yeah. a long time, though, to settle because this virus. Yeah. yeah but when it went, it was. Whew. We're going to change wow. your name to Grace Hunter. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. So, sheltered in place, day 309. Wow. I love this one. Okay. So, it says, I feel like we're all stuck in a mine shaft, waiting to be rescued as a group of vaccinated people gradually assemble above ground to greet us when we come out. And you say, although I suspect there are, there may be a few of us who have gotten to like being underground truth uh, because of, after all this time, who knows what awaits us up top. So once this pandemic is finally over, do you think you will want to stay underground or resume your life above ground as per before March, 2020? I, well, I think I want to come, come above ground, but the, the punchline to that bit 
was, and this is what I remember about that real mine disaster in Chile. Yeah. There was a guy there, one of the miners, uh, and all these people gathered up top, mm -hmm. including his wife and his mistress, <laughs> who were meeting for the first time. <laughs> That's awesome. So he was the guy that I thought was probably the only guy who was thinking, when they said, hey, we can get out, I was probably thinking, you know what? I kind of like it down here. You know what? I'm getting used to it. Yeah. But maybe I don't need to go back up so quick. Is there a back way out of here? And yeah. There may, might be some of those miners uh, because, you know, now it's harder to have uh, uh, somebody else, a side piece, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's like... Well, I, I, I never understood... Uh, yeah. uh, men who could have mistresses anyway. It's so yeah. much work. I don't know how they do it. Oh my God. Work. I mean, for me, it's like, okay, now this is two women I can disappoint. <laughs> and, but I guess for a guy, having a mistress is like um, getting a second opinion at the doctor. I like that. Except it's, it's risky too, because the doctor could come back and say, well, Mr. Scroven, we've seen your chart here and it turns out uh, you really are an asshole. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, if your mistress, if your, uh, your side piece says that, that's like you're, you're definitely, you know, yes. yeah. It's, and the use of the term side piece, Grace, yeah, uh, is, is kind of uh, offensive. Well, I mean, not, I mean, as a, if I were a woman, and I'm not saying I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> you do have feminine qualities. Side piece is, well, I'm getting the hair. Yeah. Side piece sounds very uh, objective, like, uh, you know. Well, that's how they see it. Yeah. So I'm calling it like it is. Yeah, like it's something you wear on your hip or it's like uh, on your motorcycle. Yeah, I've had offers like that, like married men offering me to be their side piece. Did they use, They say, would you be my side piece? Kind of? My sugar baby or whatever. They wanted to be my sugar. Yes, wow. I had two guys do that. Well, one was married, the other one wasn't, yeah. Wow, and and yeah. and uh, what what went through your mind? Was there any hesitation? <laughs> well, you know me too well. Um, well, I do think stuff. You know, like I analyze everything. What are the pros and cons? Uh, no, married men, I don't like. I don't like yeah. to. You know, I don't even. It's like boom. They might as well be. You know. Okay, but the other guy. The other guy, I thought about it, but it made me feel so cheap and yucky. I don't know why. It's just me. I don't have the soul of a hooker, unfortunately, because I'd be a rich hooker. I'm telling you that. I'd be so did rich. You, did you have that Jack Benny moment where you went, I, yeah. I'm thinking? Oh, my God, totally. As a matter of fact, two weeks ago, I went on a website just as an experiment because, you know, my mom always said I would be a great hooker, right? You know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I went on Seeking Arrangements. It's a right. So I put some uh, my new brand, sexy and funny pictures, <laughs> not the old ones. The Wait, new ones. This is a. I don't look like me, so that's what attracts men, apparently. Right. So yeah, so I put all those pictures. I had offers. I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, from two fifty a week <laughs> to six thousand a month. I I it's it was very fun. Seeking arrangements. Is yeah, the, that's the name. I know. Yeah, and and, and it's it's like a uh, we'll pay it's, you money to to be my whatever side piece. Yeah, or, or whatever, your, or your or your front piece, or whatever. A back piece, 
you back I have not gone that far. I just went as far as, it, you know. You did this as an experiment, you say. Oh, it was an experiment. Absolutely. I, my mom was right. I would be a rich hoe. So, so you were trying to find out your, in, in your research. Yeah. Correct. What your what you would bring on the market, on the, on yes. the, on the free market? Yes, that's how I operate. And, and you were pleased with the, the prices? I was pleased with, well, two fifty a week. That was like, dude, I can do better than that. Uh, yeah. 6000 a month, I was thinking about it. Not really. I wasn't thinking about it, but I was like, all right, this, you know, wow. But the job, I don't dig. I don't want to do that job. But it was very, as a comedian and, a, you know, yeah. artist, it was fun to, like, look at that so I can write about it. I already wrote stuff about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's fascinating that you could you yeah. could put a price tag on your uh, availability, you know, and and Absolutely. be consulted or you know, it's like a, a baseball player going and yeah. you know, becoming a free agent. Yeah, but it's not for me for sure. It's it was no. just an experiment, and I got a great uh, story out of it. Well, yeah. How do you get your story? Well, you get stories from real life, but you're married, so you're like yeah. more stationary. I'm I've been single for like two hundred years, so. I can play, you know, I, I can kind of experiment with um, things that, you know, if I had a husband, you know, yeah. no. Well, a lot, a lot of the stuff on, on the, in the uh, sheltered in place comes directly from my wife, Shelly. I mean, right. she would say something to me and, and sometimes we literally brainstorm together. I said, I got nothing for, t and she'll tell me kind of what's on her mind. Sometimes I can make something out of that. And sometimes she mm -hmm. will just say things and I'll, get out of bed and write it down. And, right. uh, you know, one of the things uh, she said was um, recently, she was talking to me about uh, therapy, now, not couples therapy, but maybe I should be in therapy. Oh, great. <laughs> wait, wait. And I, and I try to- You need help. That's what you- I try to tell her that, you know, my writing is my therapy and I had, you know, and she said, you know, and she, without any trying to be funny, she said, you know, because um, she said, you know, she noticed I was irritable at, 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 uh, that day. And she said, you know, you'd be a lot more happier. You'd be a lot happier if you knew how unhappy you were. And I thought, wow, that's like Oscar Wilde. That is so um, deep. I'm yeah. Still, it's still hitting my brain. Wow. You'd be a lot happier if you knew how unhappy you were. And wow. so I said, okay, uh, you know, I'm not going to therapy, but I got another bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, everything, all the good and bad is, well, it has to be like bad stuff that hits you. It's. I think it's how it hits you emotionally, right? Like whatever people say to you, is that how you operate? Do you operate more from, I think you operate more from an emotional point of view, like, and a, and a mind to an intellect, but it's how yeah. it hits you, right? Is, is that the case with you? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, the antenna has to be out, you know, yeah. and um, uh, and because and my antenna has actually gotten quite sensitive because I I really there's a desperation that you feel as a writer when you got to do something every day, and then people are kind of mm -hmm. expecting. And it's, you know, it, it kind of fuels you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you go, I, I, I got to, you know, take everything as grist. And uh, for instance, you know, I haven't done anything with this idea, but I'll, I'll preview it here for your audience. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, my, uh, I have a brother-in-law who's, uh, he's been sick and he, he's been on medication. And um, uh, I said, well, how's he feeling, you know, going through this process and uh, any side effects? He says, yeah, I guess, but it's hard to tell whether it's the side effects or just normal what he feels normally. I thought, oh, okay, we're at that age in our life where you read a bottle of medicine and you can't tell if the things listed as side effects are side effects or just what you feel every day. Oh my God, the genius. Drowsiness, insomnia, constipation, skin rash, diarrhea. I'm getting that from the medicine or is that just my life? You, you don't make getting older sound really attractive, do you? <laughs> like really scaring me a little bit. Don't, don't, let's not go down that route. <laughs> we will later. Uh, well, but, you can feel better if you're not feeling that. But a lot of people are going, yeah. That's true. Not. And there's the other thing about side effects is, you know, uh, I was reading, I uh, watched, I uh, seeing a commercial and it was uh, a commercial for uh, gout. Oh my God. And one of the side effects was gout. No, I can't. I mean, that, that means the medication doesn't work. Well, I don't know. It, I guess it, you know, it's like, wait a minute. This many things were gout. One of the side effects could be gout. What is this? No. Like, the hair of the dog type of medicine where we're going to give you a little bit of it. You know, doctor approved gout, much better medically approved gout to get rid of your street gout. I don't know. Yeah, that's some bullshit medication. Yeah. Let's call it out. Yeah. Yeah. If you have gout, don't use that, right? We should put a little disclaimer. I just thought that was funny that the side effect what was is, the well, actual it, thing. It doesn't work. That's all it is. It's bullshit. Big pharma. Moving yeah. on. Because <laughs> I have so many questions. Okay. Sheltered in place, day 292 is called discovering that you're not essential. I really want to do, just go a little deeper into that. Yeah. Uh, when and how did you make this discovery and how does it make you feel? Well, I think we, we mentioned, I mentioned it before in, in that, you know, we've all got to find, uh, you know, a different purpose and a day, you know, a different way to, uh, you know, wake up in the morning and feel you've got something worthwhile to do. And this is kind of how I found my way to do that, which is using something that I know how to do and sharing it with people. Um, there's, there's an earlier uh, one where I talk about um, not being called non-essential. Do you, you? Yeah, I think I, I, I looked at that one, not being called. So, so the, the, the different word would be superfluous. Okay. Oh, I like that. That sounds uh, a little bit more like LA. Well, it's, it's, it's got the word super in it. I like it. Yeah, the super. Oh, I like that. Very you good. Like a superhero, you can have a big S. I am. I am not not essential. I am superfluous. I freaking love that. Excellent. See, you turned something negative into a positive. Brilliant. Yes. Yes. Genius. And then you talk about uh, you have this sheltered in place day two sixty one. I feel like I need to say that. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I would do that. I'll, I'll share this with you because I I would read these to my wife Shelley just about every morning. And I would read her the day, and every time I read the day, she'd go, uh, <laughs> just, just a number. 
Yeah, I don't know why I'm compelled to do this. Maybe I'm just no. It's good. It's good because it's. It, I think ultimately, I mean, I think some people kind of blanch at that and they just can't. Oh, I can't believe it's this many days. But I think ultimately, facing the fact that this is what it is is will be in the long term good. Totally. And when I read like day 300, I'm like, oh my god, we've been locked down. I like your um, sheltered in place is my like. This is how long we've been in lockdown. This is how long, yeah. been, and and it's going to be longer. I think until twenty twenty two. That's my theory. I, well, I think you're probably right. It'll be a slow yeah. emergence. It'll yeah. be like it'll be like the guys coming out of the mine one at a time, and Definitely. people are vaccinated, and so it's not going to be okay. It's over. It'll be you know, and if you, I've read a lot about the nineteen eighteen pandemic. Mm -hmm. and, uh, which wasn't anywhere, you know, they never found a vaccine for that. So how did they do that? I, I saw pictures. A with lot me. of people died. A lot wow. of people died. I mean, uh, in, a, in that one, kind of, they, they suspect started in America and, and oh, wow. in army barracks. But that was uh, the low estimates worldwide deaths were 50 million. And it's probably closer to over 100 million. Oh my God! So we are, uh, you know, when you think about it, back in 1918, they didn't have mass media, and the papers, the newspapers, they did have were kind of downplaying it. And the president of the United States, Woodrow Wilson, at the time, never publicly acknowledged it because he was focused on World War One. And oh. so, you know, we we complain about Trump and his kind of downplaying it. Well, Woodrow Wilson was worse in some ways because he never acknowledged it and they didn't have the, they knew about bacteria and germs and viruses but mm -hmm. they didn't have the technology to um come up with a vaccine so quickly and i think we came up with a vaccine because we have had other similar types of uh 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 Viruses, SARS mm -hmm. viruses in particular, RNRH viruses, and or RNRA, whatever they are called, and uh, so they I think they built on that. They already had that foundation there, so they could ramp up this virus. So that was 1918, uh, probably the spring of 1918 started, and they weren't totally out of it until 1920 or 21. So, and that's. You know, they did wear some masks and they did finally figure out that, but they had no medical. We'll probably come out of it faster than they did, but it will still be yeah. coming out of the hole. I agree. I totally agree. Um, so going back to uh, the uh, job, non-essential, you yeah. said, I love this one, sheltered in place, day 261. Uh, over the course of this pandemic, I have developed a theory that the more formally you dress for a job is the inverse of how truly essential it is. Yeah. Can you yeah. expand a little bit on that? Because there's more. But I, don't well, know. I think we're finding out that the people in suits are less essential than the people in scrubs, the people delivering your food, mm -hmm. pumping gas, you know, everything, you know, the people building stuff and keeping us alive. I mean, this is laid bare who truly is essential. The, the, the poignant thing about that is those people are the least paid. Whereas the bankers, the CEOs, the people who can afford to get mm -hmm. dressed up and be all dandied up, 
are we don't need them so much the people pushing around money the people pressing buttons you know it's so that's why i think what that's revealed is that uh the more you uh dress down is probably mm -hmm. an indication of how really truly essential you are when it comes down to it absolutely and then you have you link that to the vaccines who should get uh the vaccines you say um sheltered in place day 274 as they're trying to figure out who gets the vaccine first i think they could go by job title so you related to the yeah. day 261 where you talk about the dress code yeah and job title also right yes the longer your job title <laughs> the more bullshit your job probably <laughs> true you know? And Can you I, give an example? Well, uh, yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, uh, teacher, firefighter, you know, uh, 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 what, what is, do you have it in front of you there? What are some of the no, other ones? Oh, wait. Um, oh, yeah, I do, actually. Uh, 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 let me see. Yeah, plumber and plumber. Uh, worker. See? Yes. Um, a teacher. And then you go, they are more essential than executive vice president of blah, 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 or coordinated director of development for such and such at poopy toilet pants. I love, we're going to go to poop later on. We're going to yeah. talk about poop because you have, you have a little bit of a poop thing. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm still a little boy in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're you're very much a boy like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah very, that. very much but, a boy. Yeah. Uh, and a little boy. Yeah. yeah but you highly intellectualized poop. It's not like you just yeah. do a gratuitous poop joke. It's, you put the poop in like strategic places that just make it sound so intellectual. Yes, it's it's classy poop. That's I classy love that. classy poop. That's my kind of poop. It's 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 the straight poop. Yeah. Um, but the but that. The long job titles is yeah a corollary to the how you dress. It's it's kind of the same kind of theory there applied to that. Is that you know the the longer your job title, it's the more bullshit your job. Absolutely yes, you are correct. See another thing about your sheltered in place is that it just brings perspective to not only what we're going through but to a lot of like generic themes. You know like right. <laughs> that. It's great. I, I love your show. I'm a big fan. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. Sheltered in place, day 227. I'm going to read a little bit of it. Okay. Was gazing nostalgically at my key ring this morning and trying to remember what they all opened. There's one key that you forgot what it opened. Then you ask yourself the question, right? You had one key that you didn't know what it was. So my questions to you are, what if it's, uh, you'd say, you actually say, what if it's the most important key of my life? One I never realized has been right there in my hand all along. What would be the most important key in your life and what would it open? Um. <laughs> <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> well, you know, the punchline of that joke is that there was a punchline later. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what would the key open? Yeah. yeah. It would, uh, uh, boy, that's a very philosophical question. I wasn't prepared yeah. for I think it would I, open. I, I told you, you didn't know it could get deep. 
did, did the blonde hair just fooled you a little bit. Yeah, really. I wasn't expecting I know, I know. I know this glam nowadays, it's so weird. I know, but well, I'm very and, I, and I'm stalling right now. Uh, <laughs> yes, time. I know. I'm helping I like I'm, who, who wants to be a millionaire? And I'm talking about <laughs> thing and talking about it. Uh, what what's the most important thing in life? And and you know, I could it's hard for me because I could give you the uh, you know, some sort of you know sappy answer about love and you know the key to uh, life. Um, I think maybe something about life. What would you like? Well, to do? I think you know when I think about you know just how to live your life. I have never found a loophole in the golden rule: do unto others mm. as you have them do unto you. And I think every major religion has some form of that uh, principle in their uh, in their uh, uh, liturgy or philosophy. And so uh, I have tried to uh, think about that as simple and as, you know, kind of commonplace as it seems, that if you can kind of adhere to that, then uh, you will have unlocked the key to a pretty good life. Genius. Love it. See, it took you a minute, but you gave us a brilliant answer. But now we want to know what was the key. pulled that out of my ass. So that key was the key to the ass where I pulled that answer out. <laughs> Back to poop. But you don't disappoint. No. I love it. No, I'm true to my character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which brings me to, actually, let's segue to this. Uh, you talk about... Uh, as per your sheltered in place, day 298, you have a deep observation and you say that Trump is a comedic character. And I would love for you to expand on that. Trump is a comedic character. Uh, read a little bit more of that to remind me what, because I did so many of these things, remind me what yeah. that premise was. You say saw the new Wonder Woman movie and it featured an over-the-top Trumpian, bad Trumpian, bad guy. Yeah. Keep 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 going a little bit because that I expect we'll be seeing a lot more of in films and TV in the coming years. In yeah. many ways, it's irresistible because Trump, more than any other crooked political figure in my lifetime, you love him, is an ideal model for a larger-than-life dastardly villain. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's like you in writing this character. It's it's almost. And that's the thing about writing about uh, Trump, which was uh, somehow a blessing, but also a curse because he was so, sometimes you just had to copy and paste what he said. There was no interpretation needed. There was one time, and this is an earlier, or I don't know, uh, yeah, an earlier post where he, he, it was on the campaign trail and he's in Iowa. And he, in Iowa, they just had these terrible floods, which caused a tremendous amount of damage and death. And he's talking to these people in Iowa at this rally, <coughs> excuse me, and he's complaining to them that the news of the floods knocked any news about his Nobel Prize nominations off the cycle, off the news cycle. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who nominated? Because I don't watch the news. Who nominated him for? for Sycophants, some idiots, you know. You and not, I maybe did that to Yeah, right wing. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, that's what he I did. Oh, you know, sure. his nominations. 
Yeah. He's saying to the people of Iowa that their stupid floods knocked any, you know, and I say to Melania, what do you have to do to, you know, it's the floods. Oh, flood this. You know, it's just like him saying COVID, COVID, COVID. Everybody's talking about, you know, it's like how narrow, how villainous, yeah. how you, you know, you wouldn't believe this character. Yeah. So on, in one sense, it's like, I just need it. You, you're killing satire because all you need to do is copy and paste this. This is a Saturday Night Live sketch. Boom, po copy and paste using yeah. your own words. There's no art to that. And so the, so for a lot of comedians, myself included, it was like, is this just hacky? Is it too easy to do this? Yes. He keeps topping himself. And my pointing it out isn't really taking it that much farther. Because, you know, as a comedian, what you want to be able to do is sort of reveal a truth that other people aren't seeing. But with him, it was all out there for everybody to see. And the only thing, you still had to do it because you had to say, he's doing, he's doing, look at him, what he said. Yeah. All you can do is put an exclamation mark on it. Yeah. So you can't ignore it because it's so outrageous. But it doesn't, but it's not anything that he's not on the open with about himself. And mm hmm one thing we have to say about him is that he always showed us who he is. He did not hide who and he what, is. And that was, and I think I talk about it in, in that bit, that's the key to his charisma. Is that is. Yeah. He was, he's authentic. He's always true to his villainous character. Yeah, with a huge blind spot. That's why he's so funny. Well, yeah. but, you know, I mean, if you take out all the... It's, there's no, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a con man. But yeah, he's telling, yeah. you, he's telling yeah. you I'm a con man. He's telling he's snake oil salesman. He's selling the snake oil. And yeah. that's why I think instinctively he didn't like masks. Mm, okay. You know, covering okay. his face with a mask, even symbolically, was anathema to him because it meant he was, you know, that's what that's what those fake politicians do. Joe Biden, he covered, you know, that guy. And he would say, Biden, he's wearing a mask every time, you know. Forget that you wear a mask to save not only your life, but everybody else's. Right. To him, it was inauthentic. It meant I can't, you know, yeah. I can't meet, I can't sit behind the resolute desk and meet dictators and kings and queens and you know, a mask. That's not for me. And so I think some people saw that as, oh, that's authentic. That's genuine. He really is, actually. He is who he is. He does not hide yeah. it. He was not... You know, yeah. like a uh, you know a Ted Cruz or Lindsey Graham, any of these yeah. other idiots, they're 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 hiding. Yeah, hiding. Yeah, it's smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. for, for Trump, he was right out there with who he was, and he has, and he was kind. He's kind of an outsider. Yeah. In, in his own world, in his Absolutely. elite world, you yeah. know, he's not accepted in New York society. He was, you know, not accepted in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, so. So that part of him, that grievance, was authentic, and I think other alienated people mm -hmm. uh, related to that. Now, you also don't want to blame or completely come down because we all talk about the idiots, the MAGA heads. No, it, you can't. You can't because they were gaslighted. I call them the goatus, the gaslighter yeah. of the United States. Right, but yeah. who really 
supporting Trump. Yeah. You know, the reason he had, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in a campaign war chest, it wasn't getting from those people. Right. He's getting it from big donors. He's getting it from corporate donors. He's getting it from, you know, uh, these politicians who are enabling him, who didn't convict him when he was obviously committed impeachable offenses the first time and probably won't convict him the second time because they, those are the cynical people who know better. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham's of the world, the Rand Paul's of the world, the Ted Cruz's of the world mm-hmm. who uh, know better. Yeah. And will not, those are the people you got to look at. Those are the real villains. Totally. And you know, one thing is it all narrows down to money. Yeah. It's, that's it. It's yeah. very simple. And that's my simple theory. Um, I'm going to quote the Bible. I know this is <laughs> Trump and the Bible don't go together, but the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So, so think about that. The love, not money. Money's not evil, but the love of money. So all it narrows down to, to me is the love of money. It's all about money. They, pay, yeah. you know, they got each other's back. They don't care about yeah. People and the damage that politicians do, or it's all about money. Yeah, and Trump, you know, uh, I, I was so angry this summer, you know, w- w- when, w- you know, with the, all the George Floyd stuff, and, you know, this this guy um, holds a Bible in front of this church, and he holds the Bible, you know, he can tell, like, not only is he never really held the Bible, but he probably hasn't held a book that much because it's <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like this foreign object. It was like, it was like he's holding up his race card. You know, that's what it looked like. How do I hold this? How do I hold this? Yeah. Here's my race card. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so you know that combination of uh, you know using religion to sell your snake oil. I mean, that's the other characteristic of authoritarians, probably. Uh, the thing we have to worry about is a more competent Trump. Trump, and this gets back to his character. There yeah. was never any ideology, overweening ideology for him. It was just what is good for me. Exactly. But you get somebody who comes along, has an ideology that he's purporting that is something larger than himself. Yeah. To make you believe in that. And the next one will probably have more authentic religious credentials. Ouch. Which will appeal to, you know, Trump, as, as much as the evangelicals went for him and were a big base of support, he obviously was not a religious person, didn't know his, you know, ass from Corinthians. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, but if you get somebody who has authentic religious credentials, mm. plus, plus a political ideology that, you know, purports to be greater than they are, that's the person, the next one coming along that would be dangerous. That would be the Antichrist. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Religious people will tell you that, you know, the, the opposition is the Antichrist, you know. Exactly. Well, yeah, I'm quoting. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. quoting. I don't know, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is, okay. This leads us to, you know, we talked about Trump being a character, right? A sitcom yeah. character. Um you have this, and I'm going to just read it because I love it. It's my, and you have to tell me what the answer is, okay? And this is, I just need the answer. I just, okay. personal thing. And it's a good story anyway. 
sheltered in place day 285. When you go out to war against your enemies and the Lord your God hands them over to you and you take them captive, suppose you see among the captives a beautiful woman whom you desire to marry. So you bring her home to your house. She shall shave her head, pare her nails, dis discard her captive garb, and shall remain in your house a full month, mourning for her father and mother. After that, you may go and be with her and be her husband, and she shall be your wife. But if you are not satisfied with her, you shall let her go free and not sell her for money. You must not treat her as a slave since you have dishonored her. This is three choices you gave us, okay? But you never gave us the answer. Is this a reading from the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 10 to 14? B, the plot of a romantic comedy starring Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> or the season art for the new reality series, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? <laughs> The correct answer? Yes, please. Is A. That is a direct quote from Deuteronomy. Wait, no. Yeah. I mean, I thought the language was a little non-Steve Scroven. I was like, oh, wow. He knows some big words. I'm all like Shakespearean words. But no, it was, yeah. I thought, I honestly thought it was the season art for the new reality series, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I totally thought it was that. I was completely yeah. You put it on badly on your SATs. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not a good test taker. Uh, no, that was, uh, and I think that came about, uh, my son has been visiting and, uh, you know, he was uh, rooting around the Bible for some reason in the Old Testament and he read that to me <laughs> and I thought, wow. And, um, and so I, that's just a direct translation, uh, quote, cut and paste. Yeah. And, and then the joke is, is you know, those three uh, options. Trump and the Bible are giving you material for you just cut yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's it's like you know in certain quarters that's the world people want to go back to. That's making you know Judea great again. Okay, I like your the way you think. <laughs> okay, let's move on to something else because we have been talking for like. 54, well, 50 minutes, but we can talk forever. I have like a lot more. You're going to have to come back and for right. all my questions. And I know you're going to add more sheltered in place until 2023, probably, because I don't know when this shit is going to end. But anyway, I may end at 365. I may just take it a year. We'll see. I don't know. You need to keep going. You can't stop. Shut up. No, I'm just outing you. You can't stop. <laughs> You're stuck with this. I'm counting on you, Mr. Scroven. All right. All right. Okay, good, good. Now I have to get your vaccine and then I can stop. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not essential, so I'm going to be, we're probably going to be last way yeah. down the line. Yeah. 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 And of course, you'll lie about your age. Okay, always. Yeah. I did that on seeking arrangements. Yeah. And I pulled it off. How about that? That yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere between 20 and 70. You know that. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, I, by the way, uh, vaccines. Are you going to take Pfizer or uh, Moderna? Which one do you prefer? I don't know. I, I, I haven't. I'm not quite old enough to uh, to have any information on that. I know. Uh, what's what's? Uh, I mean, uh, it's 
Uh, it's interesting because they both are uh, go by those names, Pfizer, Moderna, these these pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. But most of the money was provided by you and me, the taxpayers. Yeah, great. So it's, it's great advertisement for those pharmaceutical companies, but these are really the people's vaccines, and that's why they should be distributed. Yes. At, at no cost. Absolutely. And, um, I think the one that is uh, called Johnson and Johnson that hasn't quite been approved yet. That's the one shot deal. Okay. I don't know what they, I think they're still testing it. They don't know if it's got the 95% number e efficacy, which is incredible for a vaccine. Polio wasn't even that. So, um, is not what I understand. And, uh, you know, it'd be great if, if that one, was just as good and you just boom one shot and you're out so I know, right? i'm maybe maybe it'll be approved by the time my turn comes up yeah i hope so right and it would be like people you know maybe this is the beginning of people like you know how people are very emotional about whether they're uh, uh, macintosh or pc you know apple or pc or ibm versus macintosh yeah people you know it'll be the same for vaccines you pfizer or you moderna yeah, no, Pfizer. Yeah, said, right. Yeah, that is better, man. Start <laughs> like a Facebook war again. More user friendly. You know, Johnson, yeah. Johnson, Johnson, Johnson. We're the upstart. I think I just wrote <laughs> another bit. I'm gonna have to mark, mark that oh down. Oh God, yeah. Go ahead. That's great. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're gonna close on marriage because I'm always fascinated how you've been married for like what 500 years now. Uh, well, since they wrote that in Deuteronomy, yeah. <laughs> You've been around for a minute. Good, good for yeah. you. Yes, and I did not <laughs> take this I, I did not dishonor her. Um, we've yeah. been married, we've been together for almost, um, well, for 43 years. And because we, met, we met as juniors in college and oh. we've been married for, uh, 30 it'll be 35 in august that is insane what yeah. day in august 31st it was oh. labor day weekend of 1986. you tied the knot after my birthday how dare you august. uh you were born in 1986 Bull. oh no 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 yes yes i was, yes. Yes, I was. I uh, I, I'm not really good at math. Don't put me on the spot. I forgot what year I was born, like my fake year. It might be close to that. I'm not sure. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so marriage, sheltered in place. And this is my last thing. We're going to close on marriage, right? Okay. You wrote, uh, you were executive producer and Everybody Loves Raymond. And that was about marriage. And you are like a total expert. And I'm seeking knowledge from you, Steve. Yeah. Yes, yes. Knowledge. Yes. Uh, so I don't have to go and seeking arrangements to experiment and see if I would be a great hooker or not. Yeah, no, you need to. I, I you come to me as well, your oracle. Yeah, yeah, you just need to focus me. Yeah. Okay. So sheltered in place, day two hundred and eighty-six. Feeling bad for all the couples whose marriages were on the rocks just before the pandemic hit. It's tough enough going through this with someone you actually get along with. Notice, I didn't use the word love. You don't have to love someone to get along with them. Ooh. And someone you love may actually be harder to get along with because love often gets in the way of getting along. 
Can you give us examples of people you like, not name, no names or anything, but like examples of that type of relationship that people that you like, but don't love and people you love, but don't like no names required. Well, I, I don't have names, but okay. I, would, I would throw that back on you and say, does Go that resonate with you? Yes. That you can. Yes. That I'm asking you the question. Yes. Because, you know, love is a very complicated, deep thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you really, in my experience, you only get really, truly angry at the people you love because the people you're acquainted with, they don't require that kind of energy. And you, you can, things can roll off your back because you're not as deep and committed in a relationship and it doesn't have as much baggage and all of that. So being together, uh, with a friend or a roommate be, might be easier than being together with somebody you love in such an intense, close environment. Even though, you know what, you you decided to be live together in a close, intense environment. But, you know, as, as a married couple, you do find ways to find your own space. Yeah. When you can't necessarily leave the house and you can't find your own space or you have to negotiate in a different way, in a smaller space, yeah. then you can have more conflicts than you might have with a roommate who says, you know, I'll be in my room, you be in your room, and we don't really need to sleep together at night. Well, it depends. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, what I was thinking about with that, with that post is that, that in some ways it, it could be easier to live with somebody in under confinement who you're not that um, uh, closely tied to. So should I probably at this point in my life, should I just be with somebody I don't love that much, but I really like? Uh, you, uh, <laughs> well, it all depends on what your heart desires. And, and I think as, you know, we get older, we like our, our, you know, we're set in our ways. We like our comforts. We have our routines and maybe an arrangement without any transaction. Thank you. Yes. You know, where you can live with somebody and, and you, you see this in older couples anyway, you know, very yeah. older couples, yeah. you know, there's no sex happening. There's no, you know, they're, they're, they're companions. Well, I mean, you know, I'm talking people in their, you know, 80s and stuff, you know, who may no. not know. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can totally, like, go until whatever age you want. I, I remember I dated an older guy. Like, he was oh. much younger. Like, oh. yeah, in his 70s, late 70s. All right. I got to make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I broke uh, up with him when he was 80. You broke up with him 80 just before I the stroke. my age, yes. Uh, wow. And he was active sexually? Oh my God, yes. Why am I saying this? Like on live? Yeah, and people know who he is, yes. And he didn't take anything. Wow. Very healthy guy. Very healthy guy. Well, good. Good for him. Good for you. Thank you. I was the blue little pill. Yeah, right. Well. I, I didn't even have to wear blue. Blue is not my color. I can see that. Thank so, you. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't, uh, I completely forgot what we were talking about. I completely killed you on that one. You're like, shit, I got to make a phone call so I can have sex until I'm 90. You can. Everybody uh, can. We were talking about companionship. 
That's right. Versus, you know, being in a complicated mm -hmm. uh, emotional relationship. Yeah. Well, I think an arrangement where I would have my place and they have their place, uh, I think that would work. That was, that was, you know, one of my things is, you know, separate bathrooms. And I oh, wrote, totally, yes. I wrote a whole Everywhere Liz Raymond episode yeah. about. Yeah. Oh my god! When I got kicked out of our mutual bathroom, mm -hmm. and that has mean that has really been healthy for the relationship. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So sometimes, you know, like Trump and Melania, separate beds. Well. And you see how solid that relationship is. And yeah, yeah. houses. Mm -hmm. You know, or maybe in their case, it'll be separate country clubs. Definitely separate countries, period. Separate countries, which, yeah. you know, which exactly. would probably be, um, you know, maintain the relate, you know, they can stay together longer. Yeah. Apparently, I heard an interview where he says he gets, they get along really well. They never argue. That's because she's probably like a robot or something. I'm serious. No, I, they never argue because they, they're just friends, probably. They're just, oh, like, yeah. It's it's probably an arrangement, you know. Maybe there's affection there. Yeah. But I think it's what we're talking about. They can probably live together because they're not madly in love with each other. Yeah. And well, so they don't really, you know. One of the things that you know, Shelley and I were told early on when we we actually did see a couples therapist, uh, and, and he said, uh, "You care too much about what the other thinks." Oh. And that is what that that can cause a lot of yeah. arguments and a lot of disturbance because if you think your partner is uh, you know judging you or you think uh, they they don't approve of something mm -hmm. that strikes you deeply and you can lash out on that you know whoever you know wherever it's coming from from the man or the woman yeah. I think that gets back to that post where I'm talking about you know in certain circumstances. It might be easier not to be sheltered in place with somebody you love. I agree. And we're going to end on that note. Mr. Marriage Counselor, Steve Scrollman. Now you have a new job, see? Marriage Counselor, you should look into it. Yeah, well, you know, I've made plenty, enough mistakes that I've learned. <laughs> I think you should write a book about marriage. I really do. Yeah. Look, always, I never ask anybody about marriage, but every time I see you, I'm like, I got to ask him. How does that happen? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's like crazy. Like I can't even. Well, you also have to be too lazy to break up. That's true. You know, because the thought for me, and I'm sorry, we're going a little over time. The thought for me it's fun. is always, I could never understand. Maybe this is just my own temperament. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they say psychologically, physiologically, even the first six months of a relationship you know, you got all these things firing off and it's fireworks and this, and then six months pass by and that all dies down. And that's when really the rubber meets the road. And is this going to last? Mm -hmm. And I was never taken in by the fireworks is it's like, I always, you know, can you freeze? Can you, can we freeze dry this relationship to the point where we're going to say, is it, is it, are we staying together or not? And so, you know, I think a lot of people break up or have serial relationships because they really enjoy the fireworks. And when the fireworks are gone, 
goodbye. Yeah, when because yeah. that never lasts, and it really they've they kind of, it's like six months. Yeah, it tops. Yeah, so if you like that juice, if you like that charge, if you, you know if that's what you're addicted to, that's fine. No, have a lot of different relationships. Yeah, well, not anymore. I'm looking for something more meaningful, but within the boundaries of you know I'm set in my old ways. <laughs> They're probably set in their ways too. So something like that would probably work. I think marriage, like I was married before. I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. And you know what? Marriage is an artificial con cultural construct and you can be, you know, in a relationship with someone and all different kinds of arrangements and, and, and families are all different kinds of sizes and shapes and configurations these days. Absolutely. Do I have your blessing, Mr. Scroven? Just to you have my blessing to sleep around, be a side piece, do whatever you need to do, Grace. Thank you. Don't take over the country in a junta, Grace Hunter. I won't. I promise. I think. I'm not sure. Maybe. That's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> qualifications, I think. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We're going to just end on that note. And I, I want you back if you're up to it, and we'll just talk. What have I got to do? Where am I going? You have nothing to do. Where am I going? I'm in my <laughs> office. Yeah. It used to be my daughter's bedroom. That's why it's purple. Oh, I love it. I love purple. That's my favorite color. So you're, it looks good. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's of being a good backdrop there. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful. And, and I, I love the I always, Emmy. Sure, I always make sure I have the Emmy in the background. Yeah, I, mean, I was just, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. It, it, it's especially good for when I uh, have pitch meetings with uh, studio executives and producers. Grammy. I just put it subtly in the background, subtly and the and I've actually got two of them. So sometimes I'll, you know, depending on how important the meeting is, I'll sit in the chair where the two of them are over my head, so it looks like wings. And wow. so when they give me a note, you know, it's just a subliminal, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I'm taking the note. Let me think about it, right? And you, yeah, go, yeah, good. I, I got you. What do you think, Madam Emmy? <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Emmy. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Mr. and Mrs. Emmy? Marriage. There. The whole different world. Is that a good note? I don't know. Let me ask my Emmys. <laughs> I love that. That's great. All right. I could talk to you forever. All right. So thank you so much for being great. on the show. And Bye, everybody. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Dave, thank you so much. Love you. And Glenn, my my pretend husband, he was my husband. Uh, he played my husband on my, the Family Jewels with, uh -huh. uh, yeah. So hi, Glenn, I love you. And Chris, love you, love you. Rich, love you. I love all these guys. They're great. I love them. And yeah, real subtle scrolls. You have, I think that's from your camp, Elizabeth Ross Corsa. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I bet. <laughs> of course, I bet. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll have you back. We like it's a team. It's just me. I'll have you back. Yeah. <laughs> no team. Did you did you notice that the all, all your fans were guys? Yes, and all your fans now don't Donna Scroven. <laughs> right? yeah, my cousin Donna. Hi, Donna. Yeah, because we're hot like that, Steve. Yeah. No, I've got a big female fan base. 
totally. I got a big male fan base. Absolutely, yeah. of course. Our fan bases together, we could we could make children. We can rule the world. Yes. yes. Yeah. Make a whole country with our fans. We join them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then I can rule. See, <gasps> you're making my dreams come true. That's you know, like Holland Oates says. I am. I'm about to cry. Anyway, <laughs> thank right. you so much, Steve. Right. Bye, bye bye, everybody. Bye, Donna. Bye, bye. Bye. Let me let me end the broadcast. Mm -hmm.